Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to bonus episode 16. I hope everyone's doing well during these weird times. So, I just thought I'd put up a bonus episode in case many of you are under lockdown or whatnot. If you're not under any kind of quarantine lockdown, well, this episode is also for you. So I recently came across this case and after researching it, I decided to share it with you all. This case took place in Singapore in the year 2004, and I will warn you now, you will be hearing about the murder of a child. Let's begin. Let's start from the beginning. Huang Qinglong met Huang Shuying in the year 1995 in the province of Fujian, China. For simplicity's sake, I'm just going to refer to them as Mr. and Mrs. Huang from now on. So they were both from farming families and they were both 22 when they met. They began a relationship soon after and got married very quickly after because the couple became pregnant with their first child, whom they named Huang Na. The family was not rich, maybe struggling a bit, so they decided that it made sense to explore other opportunities outside their immediate town. In 1996, Mr. Huang searched around and found something promising, but he would have to move to Singapore for this job. It isn't clear as to why the mother and daughter did not go with him, but maybe they stayed behind for personal reasons, or maybe Mr. Huang wanted to secure his job before moving them over. But this long-distance marriage did not work, as Mr. Huang was caught cheating and the couple decided to divorce. Mrs. Huang received custody of their daughter, and that was the end of their short-lived marriage. A few years later, Mrs. Huang met and fell in love with a local businessman named Cheng Wenhai, whom she would later marry. In 2003, she became pregnant with her second child. And this is a weird coincidence, but Chang's business venture required the family to move away from China to Singapore. So the family of four moved to Singapore. Huang Na, the eldest daughter, attended elementary school there while Mrs. Huang was there officially as a quote-unquote study mama. And if you know Chinese, the term is called peidu mama. This is a specific term that started around the year 2000 something used to describe mothers who immigrate to Singapore with their kids in order for them to receive primary school education. Their role is basically to be a quote-unquote study companion, mother, or also known as a stay-at-home mom. Most study mamas are from mainland China, and few of them receive work permits. There can be some negativity involved with this term, 
as some are rumored to work in massage parlors or as sex workers to help the family make money. Anyway, I digress. Mrs. Huang was one of the study mamas to get a work permit, and she began working in a wholesale center in Pasir Panjang, Singapore, which is also where the family resided in. All of Mrs. Huang's co-workers became familiar with Huang Na. She was described as an independent and sweet girl. She was not shy, she was very happy to talk to the people working there. The whole community was very close, and unsurprisingly, everyone liked her. After about a year and a half of this life, Mrs. Huang had to take a quick trip back to China. And during that time, Huang Na suddenly went missing. It was October 10th, 2004. She was last seen in a food plaza near the warehouse center, and she was wearing Bermuda shorts and a denim jacket. Mrs. Huang panicked, called the police, and thus began an intensive search and investigation into the disappearance of 8-year-old Huang Na. Mrs. Huang searched every single day, traveling to every place she could think of, pretty much covering the entire Singapore at that point. The country was alarmed as well, everyone was concerned, and everyone wanted to help out. Missing persons posters were printed out and handed out. Two Singaporeans even offered a reward to find Huang Na. Tip lines were set up, and the news even reached as far as Malaysia and Indonesia, as these countries were pretty close. Three weeks later, the police found a suspect, and they were definitely interested in speaking to them. So, who was this person? I introduce to you Mr. Tuk Leng Hao. Born in the year 1981 in Malaysia, he traveled to work in Singapore when he was around 18 and got married there. He worked at the warehouse center alongside Mrs. Huang, and he was very friendly with Huang Na, oftentimes playing with her, buying her snacks, taking her on rides on his motorbike, and just keeping her company. He was described as tall, thin, soft-spoken, and was always smiling. Sounds like a decent guy, right? This young 23-year-old man acting like a supposed big brother to an 8-year-old girl. Hmm. I think people were probably more innocent at that time. The thought that this could be a weird friendship never really crossed anyone's minds. And to be completely fair, these things could be 100% innocent as well. Who would even think of him as a suspect? Police initially just questioned him as he was someone who was close to Huang Na. It was his reaction that made police suspicious. He was questioned a total of three times. The first time he was questioned, he seemed to be completely shocked to hear that Huang Na was missing. He later explained that he had heard the rumor that she went missing, but he had no idea where she was at. Police were suspicious as he was known to hang out with her, a lot, and according to Mrs. Huang, she had actually left her under his care while she had been away. Why she would do that, I have no clue. I can only assume she trusted him with her life and she saw him as the perfect babysitter. Although police thought he was shady, Took was extremely cooperative and when he was questioned for the second time, he even offered to show police where he last saw her. Later on when he was questioned for the third time though, he changed his entire story to something completely different. He said that he actually witnessed Huang Na being kidnapped by Chinese gangsters. Apparently a black car came up to Huang Na. Three men in black stepped out, grabbed her, and took her away. Tuk believes that the person behind the kidnapping was a very powerful Chinese man 
And since the bad guys saw Took witness the crime, they even pulled up next to him and warned him not to interfere. They apparently took their sweet time explaining to Took that, oh, hey, we're not gonna hurt her, we're just gonna hold her hostage for a bit to, you know, scare her mother. Okay. Thanks, bad gangster people. Police found it weird and sketchy, but okay, fine. So they decided to take him back to the wholesale center. On the way, though, Took made a weird request. He said he was hungry, so they all casually stopped by this Indian restaurant for some food. As they were eating, Took excused himself to go to the restroom, and for someone who was supposedly innocent, he did something that screamed guilty. He slipped out the back door and disappeared. Police soon realized he was gone, and everyone, of course, went out searching for him. It was eventually discovered that Took crossed a very narrow body of water, the Johor Strait, and arrived back in his home country, Malaysia. This body of water was only like two kilometers wide, and I guess it was very possible to swim across it or paddle over, something like that. So, was that the end? No, of course not. On October 30th, about 10 days after he snuck away, Took eventually turned himself in to the police in Penang, Malaysia, and was swiftly extradited back to Singapore to face reality. Why did he turn himself in, you ask? Well, it was rumored that his parents actually convinced him to turn himself in. But not because they thought their son needed to confess, but because they believed their son was innocent. And why would an innocent person be afraid or even need to hide? So he took their advice and that was that. But I also think he may have been feeling rather guilty, if he was guilty, because once he returned to Singapore, he took the police to an abandoned bushy hill area. Huangna's decomposing body was discovered in a cardboard box. The box wasn't even that big, so she was rumored to have been literally stuffed in. Pretty disturbing and sad. Took's trial began in July of 2005. Here's the prosecution's version. Took lured Huang Na into the storage area, tied her up, stripped her naked, then sexually assaulted her. He needed to make sure she wouldn't tell on him, so he had no choice but to kill her. Huang Na's body had suffered bruisings and beatings, so it was also believed that he beat her and kicked her multiple times to make sure she was dead. He then wrapped her up in nine trash bags, stuffed her into a cardboard box, and dumped her body at night so nobody got suspicious. Now, as for the defense, or rather, Took's version of what happened, he was playing hide-and-seek with Huang Na one evening, and she had fallen and died. Hmm. So according to him, though, he introduced this weird binding game to Huang Na where they would basically tie their wrists or ankles with rope and then try to escape. Apparently, this was what they were doing, and when he wasn't looking, he heard the sound of something falling over, and when he looked, Huang Na was on the ground. He said she was having a seizure and blood was pouring out of her mouth. Then comes something super weird. He started karate chopping her throat. He said he learned this technique on TV where you hit someone's throat and they would pass out immediately but wake up later. I don't know the validity of this so-called technique and I'm 100% sure he does not either. But after doing this weird move, she did not pass out or get better. 
She instead began spitting out more blood. Shocking, I know. He then panicked, and since she was probably beyond help, he decided to make it look like she was raped and murdered. He took off her clothes, beat and kicked her, and, uh, digitally penetrated her. I guess he was trying to make it look like she was raped. After making sure that she was indeed dead, he wrapped her up in nine trash bags and, again, that was something he learned from TV. If you seal something in a plastic bag, it won't decompose. I have no idea what kind of TV this guy was watching. The defense also tried to play the insanity defense. The psychologist from the defense side pointed out some of Took's weird behaviors, such as talking to himself, smiling to himself a lot, and talking about ghosts following him. Anyway, this defense did not work in court, and he was given the death sentence for murder. The judge did not believe he had psychological problems, and that regardless of motive, the fact is that he committed the murder. Took tried to appeal the sentence, but it was rejected by the court. Up to the very last moment, he was still insisting that he was innocent, and his father even tried to ask the president for a pardon. I don't really know what he meant by he was innocent if he confessed to murdering her. Maybe he wanted to explain that it was not intentional and that it was an accident. Anyway, he was hanged in November of 2006. He was 24 years old. That's pretty much how the case went, but there are a couple things we need to discuss. 1. Some people believe that Took's sentencing was too harsh as there was actually not enough evidence to convict him. Huang Na's body had already been decomposing pretty badly when she was found, and there was no semen found in her. It felt as if the judge kind of believed what Took said and ran with that as he made his judgment. I mean, he did confess, yes, but could he have had mental health issues? Could he have felt forced to confess? It's not like it hasn't happened before, where people make false confessions. Another thing, Huang Na's parents are not exactly the perfect parents. Some have criticized how they reacted when her body was found and during her funeral, saying they were very cold and not sad-looking. But we know that there is no correct way to grieve, so I believe I can dismiss that. But then... Someone looked deeper into the couple's history and discovered that they both had a pretty shady past. Mrs. Huang had once been deported back to China because she was working illegally, and after that she accidentally burned her fingertips, all of them, which basically meant she had no fingerprints. Some think she did this so she could return to Singapore again later on without her previous record being discovered. As for her husband, he was actually involved in a robbery once and served two years in jail for that. The family was rumored to be living a pretty fancy life with the money they received from Huang Na's death, and it was also later rumored that Mrs. Huang got in trouble with the law again in Singapore and has since been residing in Taiwan with her third husband. Hmm. Some even think they may have orchestrated the whole murder and Took ended up taking the blame. I don't know, the whole case seems pretty messy, and it doesn't help when the parents seem shady. So, there you have it. The murder of an 8-year-old girl, and while someone paid for it, some believe it may not have been that simple. At first, I was very convinced that Took murdered her, 
but now I have some doubts. I know Singapore is super strict when it comes to punishing people and all that, but while it may feel satisfying to an extent, what if they're wrong? What are your thoughts? Thank you guys for tuning in. I appreciate you using your limited time to listen to me. Stay safe, be kind. Till next time. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each, then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.